Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. have a duty to represent Jesus on our individual stage. If he has made you alive, if he has put his spirit inside you, and if he hasn't, the Bible says you're going to hell when you die. Do you understand? It's one or the other. If you're his, it means he has put his own spirit inside you. He has recreated you. He is recreating you from within. And if that's the reality, if he has bought you with his own blood, then you have a duty, the Bible says, to represent him to your world. Jesus Christ died for you as an atonement for your sins so that you can spend eternity with him in heaven someday. He calls you to take up your own cross and to follow him and to live like he did. You're meant to spread the word to everyone you can while you're still here on earth. Is that what your life looks like? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 16 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. The Bible says that a man of God, a woman of God, is not quarrelsome. We're not called to be argumentative. Some of you need to listen to that and maybe get off Facebook for a month or two. You know what I'm saying. Once when I was really discouraged over a particularly small crowd in church on a Sunday morning, my wife kind of rebuked me. She does that sometimes. She said, you know, you're so focused on the empty chairs this morning that you're not paying enough attention to all these people who eagerly showed up to worship with you. It's like, oh, she was right. That's one of the weaknesses <laughs> of pastors that so often we can do that. We focus on the empty chairs. But we do that with evangelism too. And here's what I mean by that. We get so focused on the people that reject us that we neglect the ones that want to hear, the ones who were eager to hear. I remember getting on a subway train one time. We got on a subway in Mexico City, 1986, and we had, our team was mostly from Miami, but they had two girls from Minnesota. Neither one of them spoke any Spanish, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed little gals from Minnesota. One of them, sweet little lady, but she was scared to death, you know, even to be there. And just following Jesus, she was determined to be obedient. But we get on that subway. She had some gospel tracks in Spanish. And she went to the very back of the car. And there was a lady sitting in the back. And, you know, Mexico City's kind of an intense place. Subways are dangerous for women. And so this lady, she had the best seat in the house, right? At the very back wall of the car, she could see everybody, you know. At least she could put up a fight if somebody tried to rob her or whatever. She's sitting there, and this gal walks up. As soon as we got on the subway... She just walks over and handed her this track. And the face of the track said something like how you can be saved or how how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. It was something very straightforward like that. 
This girl burst into tears. I'm not talking little tears. I'm talking burst into, you know, sobbing out loud kind of thing. And freaked the little girl from Minnesota out. Freaked her out. Because she's like, what I do? what I do? But one of the other gals on the team, she actually works for the city of Miami Beach these days. She hurried back there and sat down next to her and started talking to her. And, you know, just, what's wrong, you know? And you know what the girl told her? She said, I was just praying. God, I need somebody to tell me how I can know Jesus personally, you know? I mean, it was almost verbatim. Whatever she had prayed, that's what the track said. Here's how, you know, kind of a thing. Do you understand? God is always at work in the people around you. Sometimes it's in the ones that it's like, there's no way. I remember my aunt, the one that was most responsible for me coming to know the Lord, you know, years after I accepted Jesus, she told me that, you know, there was one night when I got so frustrated with you, I just said, you know what, I'm done, I'm going to bed. And I remember her doing that. She knew I was high, and she thought I was mocking her because I had that stupid grin when you're smoking weed. Everybody gets that same stupid look on their face. And I had that stupid look on my face. She thought I was making fun of her. I wasn't making fun of her. I was fascinated by what she was telling me. Do you understand? She completely misread me. I think we completely misread people sometimes because we get so focused on the naysayers that we neglect the ones in whom God is working and drawing them. Jesus said that our light needs to so shine that people see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And the ones who reject him, he'll deal with. The rest of them, we need to teach and nurture and disciple and we need to love them, right? Can I get an amen? I saw a video this week, you know, we all know that Billy Graham finally got promoted, went to be with the Lord. And I saw a video that I'd never, ever seen before. I don't, it popped up on a Facebook feed or something. I don't know. But, you know, it made me think. I saw so many little articles. We all did, you know, about Billy Graham over the last several days. And I noticed a consistent theme from people. And to the people, you know, who were writing about personal interactions that they had had with Billy Graham, uh, one was a pastor here in Fort Lauderdale. One was another one in another city. And uh, Greg Laurie out in California talking about his time with Billy Graham. And, um, you know, what they all said was that the striking thing about Billy Graham was his humility, that he genuinely was interested in people, that, you know, each one of them said that he always asked about my family. He asked about my church and how it was going, how he could pray for me. And they all said the same thing. It wasn't one of those courtesy questions. You know, how's your church going? Pastors do that with one another, not really caring, you know, kind of like, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, good. You know, don't really care, but we have this little exchange. And he said, Billy Graham was interested in people. He really was just a man of humility, interested in your life, interested in your family, interested in what God was doing, what you were learning, how you were growing. You know, he had a love for God. He had a commitment to the gospel and he loved people. And I think that was the key. You know, he made mistakes along the way. There are no perfect humans. Any imperfect human being, especially, you know, entrusted with the kind of responsibility he was entrusted with. Can you imagine spending a lifetime, like 70 years on a public stage, 50 years on a national, global stage as a representative of Jesus Christ? My goodness. I have literally prayed against that, just so you know. God, please don't do that to me because I say too many foolish things. You know, I'll get wound up and then something will come out. 
One of the brothers last week confronted me about something I said, the way it hit him. And I'm like, oh, did I really say that that way? Oh, that sounds awful. You know, I can't imagine having that kind of responsibility. But listen to me carefully. We all have a duty to represent Jesus on our individual stage. If he has made you alive, if he has put his spirit inside you, and if he hasn't, the Bible says you're going to hell when you die. Do you understand? It's one or the other. If you're his, it means he has put his own spirit inside you. He has recreated you. He is recreating you from within. And if that's the reality, if he has bought you with his own blood, then you have a duty, the Bible says, to represent him to your world. I'm not saying everybody has to go into the ministry. As I've said before, what I am saying is you're already in the ministry at work, at home, at the grocery store, in your private world, he intends you to be his representative if he has given you his life. And I love what Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said about that ever-present temptation to hide our light. You know, it was profound the way he worded it. It's another one of those that, you know, kind of stuck with me. I hope it'll stick with you as well. He said, you know, when you find yourself in a situation, as we all do, where you're tempted to keep quiet, you're tempted to hide the light that Jesus has ignited within you, you need to realize that the devil is the one offering you that basket and you need to say no to him. Wow. I mean, for me, that was just a profound thing. You know, this image in my mind, anytime I'm tempted to, you know, be quiet, be timid, hide my light, I need to realize it's not the Holy Spirit trying to get me to keep quiet. It's the devil offering me that basket to put over the top of the fire that God ignited inside me. And again, I love Dr. Lord Jones. The flip side of that is that so many of us, you know, what we're really after is drawing attention to ourselves. You know, we're all praise the Lord and hallelujah, but we're living like the devil half the time. But we want to draw attention to our quote unquote faith. That's not what the Bible is after. That's not what Jesus meant. Remember, let your light so shine that people see your good works and glorify God. Forgetting about the ones that are never going to glorify God no matter what. We're focusing on the ones who will if they see evidence of his hand at work. You see what I mean? Let your light so shine that anybody who will glorify God, when they see what he's doing in your life, they're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. They're glorifying God for what they see him doing in your life. The first book of the New Testament informs you well about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It details His birth and life, His ministry, and then His death. But it also tells you that He rose again. Jesus is victorious over death. And even more, He's alive today. Your Savior lives, and you can rejoice in that. As you listened to Pastor Robert's message today on Main Thing Radio, you may have realized that you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've been a believer for a while, but you haven't taken steps to actively live for Christ in your daily life. Today's the day to change that. You can start right now. We'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730. We're so glad you joined us today. You can hear more teachings from this series in Matthew right now by visiting MainThingRadio.com or just download our mobile app. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook and Twitter, too. 
There you'll be able to get the latest information on Main Thing Radio and Calvary Miami Beach. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find links at MainThingRadio.com. We'd like to meet you too. You're invited to be part of our worship time at Calvary Miami Beach. Just visit the church page under About at MainThingRadio.com to learn more. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in for Main Thing Radio.